Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attacked those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast for us, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. We're glad you're here. My name is David Baker, pastor of the Family Baptist Church in Columbia, Tennessee, and vice president of Independent Baptist Online College. Now, the college may not uh, want their name on this one. Uh, Did you see the title? Did you see it? Uh, The Biggest Problem with Fundamental Baptist Preachers. Hey, what do you think it is? Huh? What's your topic? What's your guess? Come on. (laughs) What do you think it is? Um... So, uh, by the way, sometimes I look and I say to myself, probably like you do, Brother Baker, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? So I wonder how many people were scared to even click on it to see what it was. Uh, Like, I'm not clicking on that one. (laughs) I wonder how many, when they find out what the topic is, will click off of it very quickly, okay? How quickly will you turn it off? Um, This may be, for you, um, one of the most important podcasts that you ever hear and ever listen to. I tried to give you a hint with the biggest. You got it? Okay. Uh, one of, but I call it this for the title, the biggest problem with Federal Baptist preachers is being overweight. What? Being overweight. I know doctrine is important. Bible versions, yes, is important. Soul winning, yes, is important. But this is a big problem. And if we don't get this fixed, so much of our ministry will be limited. Uh, our, ministry, our ministry will be greatly hurt, limited uh, in effectiveness and in years if we don't get this fixed. It is a gigantic deal. A few months ago, I was looking through Facebook and I saw a picture of some preacher friends together. And all preachers, suits and ties, and uh, looked like good guys. I only knew one of them. Um, but they had a picture together, five side by side, and it was like, wow. It was gigantic. I mean, every guy was so wide. I'm like, wow. And and you couldn't look at it and it just not stare you in the face that, man, preachers, so many of them have gotten big. 
I'm not trying to put you down. I'm not trying to hurt you. I really want to help you, and I hope that you'll let me. And I'm preaching to us, not you. Some of you are doing great. You have no problem with this at all. Some of us struggle with it. Some of you have struggled and decided not to worry about it. Um, but you want to, okay? You want to. Um, it is a big deal. Um, I felt like when I saw that, God said, would you please try to help preachers with this? Not many preachers preach on this. Only person I can remember preaching on this in my 35 years of independent Baptist is Dr. Tom Williams. And boy, he'd preach it and preach it hard and preach it strong. And uh, he ran, I've been out there with him often, and he eats, he loves food, but boy, he works and works and exercises and runs. I mean, I don't know if he still does, but man, he ran till he was 60s and 70s. I don't know uh, if he's still running, but exercise to be able to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Um, our body is called the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is that a big deal? Um, call it temple maintenance, okay? Bodily exercise profiteth little. Yeah, that's your life's verse, isn't it? Okay, it shouldn't be. Uh, well, we're going to talk about that and how to deal with that. But but give me a hearing. Here it is. Um, by the way, lay people, if if you need this, take it for yourself also. Uh, and if your pastor is not listening, kindly share it with him. Okay, kindly. Say, Preacher, I love you. Would you listen to this podcast? <laughs> preacher, I really love you and I'm for you. Would you listen to this podcast? Hey, Preacher, uh, I love you and I'm for you. Hey, here's 100 bucks. And would you please listen to the podcast, whatever it takes, okay? And take them out for a steak dinner, all right? But um, here it is for preachers. Man, we don't drink. Teetotalers, we don't drink. We don't smoke. Nothing. Not the gods. We don't smoke. We don't cuss. We don't cuss. Uh, we don't run around. But phew, boy, do we eat. Boy, do we eat. And um, we even joke about it. We act like there's nothing wrong with it at all. We joke, I buffet my body every day. <laughs> we do that. Um, the Bible says, the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Ah, God has blessed me. And we make jokes about it. And sometimes it's so we don't get put down with it. But, but boy, to fools make a mock at sin, should we be making a joke of that or making light of it? Or should we work on that where we're not going to be a big preacher? Again, not preaching down to you or at you, not even preaching, but literally just trying to help us, okay? It's a struggle for me also. My, um, I grew up, high school, I was a swimmer. Swim team, raced one state my junior, senior year, never lost um, my events. I've swam seven miles before without stopping um, and um, wanted to do Olympics, didn't know if I'd have gotten that far at all, and then joined the Army and uh, paratrooper, and, and we ran forever. <laughs> we would be done with a super long uh, run and we think we're going back to the barracks and the drill sergeant just keeps running. <laughs> he runs right by the barracks like, wait, hey, we live back there. And he goes three or four more miles. And so, man. And um, when I became a preacher, I remember saying this 35 years ago. I remember saying, I am not going to be a fat preacher. How come? In high school, my pastor was over 400 pounds. And in college, my pastor was over 300 pounds. And I remember seeing that and losing influence, them losing influence with me because of that. It's amazing. We preach against gluttony, but in the same verse, hello, sorry, we preach against drunkenness, but in the same verse of gluttony. We preach against drunkenness, but skip right over gluttony and never hear anything. I remember in high school hearing that, this preacher 400 pounds, he's preaching on drunkenness, of which I was guilty of. But he never mentioned about gluttony in the same verse. Deuteronomy 
uh, 21, he will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Talking about a rebellious son, stubborn and rebellious. Proverbs 23, 21, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Two times in the same verse, gluttony and drunkenness. We preach on drunkenness. When's the last time we preached on gluttony? Well, I'm not a glutton. Okay. All right. I'm not judging you. I don't know. But the weight there is a hard time and it is not good. And so uh, growing up, always exercised and worked out. When I became a preacher, I said, I am not going to be a fat preacher. Even in Bible college, as busy as I was, 20 hours a semester, working two jobs, got married, had a child all before I graduated, I would still find time to be able to run out the back way of Howes Anderson, down past the uh, gym, out the back way, down the highway, down to the other highway, uh, because I said, I am not going to be a fat preacher. And I, I had to do that. As pastoring, I would uh, run, work out, exercise. Uh, I saw my parents do every diet in the world, the cottage cheese diet, the egg diet, the pineapple diet. I mean, they had all these diets they would do. Oh, I lost three pounds. And then they get off the diet and of course they gain it back. And I remember seeing the silliness of that when I was a kid going, I am never going to go on a diet. I am never going to go on a diet. I'll just exercise so I can eat. We enjoy eating, right? Uh, we enjoy eating. I'm just going to exercise to make sure that I don't get fat, but I am never going to go on a diet. Then... I mess money up sledding with my kids. I've got 11 children, and I'm sledding with them. And Tennessee, if it's snowing, you better get out there quick because it's going to be gone. It's usually humid, wet snow. And if you're going to sled and play with them, you got to get out right away or it's going to be gone. So so we're out there, and we had two big toboggans, and one set of kids went down a uh, steep hill and stopped at the bottom. So myself, my daughter Sarah, my son Grant, uh, we were going down the hill, but we had more weight. And so we went down the hill up over the embankment, over the road, and down the next hill. Well, there were trees <laughs> that are on that hill. So we're going where we were not planning on going. And so we're coming straight at a tree. And so I bailed to try to uh, make it stop before we hit the tree. My son Grant in front hit the tree with his head, knocked out, unconscious. My daughter protected her. She was between us. Um, and so then I got up to pick my son up and carry him up. And when I stood to go up, my knee went that way. Like my knee, instead of bending this way, my knee went that way. And I looked and go, it's not supposed to do that. Sarah, help Grant up. I mean, he's unconscious, knocked out. And so he was okay. My knee was not, didn't have insurance, didn't have any money. Uh, I borrowed a guy in church's knee brace, one that you could tighten up and it wouldn't let it bend backwards and it, quote, it healed. After that, I couldn't run. I mean, I'd run a block and my knee would be killing me. And, um, and it's like, oh, I don't know what to do. So... I gained weight, gained a bunch of weight, and uh, bigger than I'd ever been before. And so now you start diets. Now you try to lose it. Then spiritually, I did a 40-day fast, and spiritually, it was good. But physically, it messed up my metabolism, and now I couldn't lose weight. And now I didn't have energy. I felt like I had Epstein-Barr or chronic fatigue, and, and metabolism was all messed up. And, man, I didn't know what to do. And I heard this guy on the radio, five-minute uh, little thing there, and thought, man, this has got to be a scam. And I uh, ended up talking to them in their office and signed up and paid $3,000 for their program. And uh, got healthy, fixed my metabolism, fixed my mind, fixed my energy. Um, and like, wow, that's one of the best things that ever happened to me. And, um, and so I had to fix it. So again, I'm not preaching to you, but to us, because if I didn't get that fixed, I don't know how big I'd be or if I would still be here. And so 
and it's still things we have to watch, still things we have to be careful about. Um, so it is a big deal. I don't think, I love to joke and tease, if you know me at all. I love to joke and tease about everything, but I don't think we need to make this a joke. I think this is something we need to say, I need to fix. I, I don't need to have this. I need to work on this. And again, not preaching down to you. This is to us to be able to help. Now, if you need a sermon on it, okay, if you need a little preachy, if you need a little punch, okay, um, here's a powerful story. We know about Eli, okay? Eli, the Bible says that he was a heavy man. Second, First Samuel 4, 8, came to pass when he made mention of the ark of God that he fell from off his seat backwards by the side of the gate and his neck break and he died. He was an old man and heavy and he had judged Israel 40 years. He was a heavy man, okay? He was somebody that did not restrain himself from the food and ate and he was heavy and he was sitting <laughs> on this wood and he fell back and he broke his neck and died, okay? What's the big deal? about that. He was a heavy man and he shouldn't be. But here's the sermon. Because he didn't restrain himself from the food, he didn't restrain his children either. First Samuel 3.13, for I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. It's amazing how many times we will not do what we're supposed to do because we didn't restrain ourselves. We don't have the self-discipline to do for us what we're supposed to do, so then we don't then have the discipline to do the other things. And what happened, um, 1 Samuel 2.22, And Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did in, uh, unto all Israel, how he lay with the women that were assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said to them, Why do you such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. He make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge will judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. God was going to have to kill them for them to listen. They wouldn't listen to his dad. What happened? When did his dad lose the influence? When did his dad lose the influence with the sons? His dad didn't restrain himself, didn't restrain his sons. God had to kill his sons and kill him. Pretty strong. It's a big deal. Um, listen, as preachers, we're preaching against drunkenness. Someone knows the Bible, gluttony. Yeah, preacher, what about you? Okay, we're to be above reproach. We're not perfect, um, but to be able to um, have people not have a reason of why not to listen, it happens. I remember as a teenager, preacher had no influence with me. He preached against my sin. What about his? What about his? And this is something that's hard to preach. It's easy. Well, it's not easy right now, but it's easier because I'm not looking at anybody. Okay. Um, there's some things if you preach against long hair and the guy with long hair, okay, it's, it's on. Um, but when you preach something like this, all your people, okay, who's he talking about? That's tough. So anyway, it's a little easier on podcast. Um, it's still not the easiest, but but it is a big deal. Preachers, you see, I'm like, man, what happened? Man, that gut. Why did you let that go? Man, what's happened to that? And and you don't want that. And you can fix it, okay? You can. How big of a deal is this? Proverbs 23, 2, and put a knife to thy throat if thou be a man given to appetite. Put a knife to thy throat. Threaten yourself to cut your throat. Um, if thou didn't say kill yourself, just put a knife to thy throat. Here's a threat. You keep eating. I'm cutting your throat. If thou be a man given to appetite, Okay. And again, we don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't cuss, we don't run around, but what do we do? We eat. 
we eat and we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be enticed by that. Proverbs 23, 6, eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. Oh, those dainty, boy, those smoked meats, boy, those ones that have been marinated, those ones that have been cooked just right. Ooh, wow, how good. No, don't, don't desire those dainty meats. Don't have to have those things. Don't be a man given to appetite, okay? Is our health a big deal? Yes. What happens if you die five years early because you didn't take care of your health, because you didn't do temple maintenance, okay? That's five years of rewards you're not going to have in heaven. That's five years you're not going to have with your kids. That's five years you're not going to have with your grandchildren. What grandchildren are you not going to get to see even born or that they're not going to know their papa, if they're not going to know their, their granddaddy uh, because we weren't there? Um, my dad's 86. He has his bestest lung that he got working for DuPont. Uh, my dad has worked hard, exercised, tried to take care of himself and all of my children. Uh, my dad has 24 um, great-grandchildren now. Wow, what a what amazing thing he gets to have and enjoy because of that. Um, and uh, to be able to be special and be the best man in this grandchild and to be able to be at this uh, grandchild's wedding, and what a big deal that is. You want to be around as long as you can so you can uh, have influence and enjoy your family. And, uh, and literally to stand before the Lord going, okay, you served your own belly and you didn't take care of yourself and you're dead. And here's a ministry that you could have had. Well, the Bible says bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having a promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Okay, bodily exercise profiteth little. Let me ask you, in the day that this was written, how far did they walk every day? How far did they walk every day? You ever kept track of your steps? I walked to the car, then to the store, back to the car, to the house. I walked to the office. And then walked to my car and, <laughs> and walked into the door. It's amazing how little we walk. They would have to walk miles just to get anywhere. Okay? So just to walk. And if you still think bodily exercise profit is little, that it doesn't matter anything, why don't you listen to the Bible while you walk? Listen to sermons while you walk. Listen to godly music while you walk, okay? Multitasking, all right? Hey, I'm going to listen to a bunch of chapters in the Bible while I walk today, okay? Simply walking. I know a preacher friend. I was in Bible college with him, and he quit the ministry to be a bodybuilder, okay? <laughs> yep, that happened. Can't imagine, but that happened. And, um, and so, no, you don't want to go to seat on that, and you don't want to get out of balance and worship your body. Absolutely not. But to be able to walk, and try to be careful about our eating so we can be an influence to the people that we need to be and so we can be around for our family and our ministry. Is that okay? Is that too hard? <laughs> Don't crucify me. Um, but just nod and say, yeah, yeah, Brother Baker, we need to do that. Again, some of you are way better than me on this. You don't need to worry about this. Uh, some of us need to watch what we do and kick it back in and bump it up a notch. And some people need to say, I've radically got to change something or I'm not going to be around or I'm not going to be around. And so um, when I got to Bible college, my pastor was big. And uh, all the traveling, the schedule, all the Reese Cups, okay, um, he was big. Um, while I was there, he decided he was going to change that. And he did. He'd tell stories. Here's how he did it. He just ate less and threw the Reese Cups away, and, uh, and he had fun with it. And he lost the weight and kept it off. Hey, you can do that. You can do that, too. He was older. He wasn't able to, you know, do 
P90X cardio, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but he watched what he ate. He got it, gave up a couple things and, um, and was able to lose a weight. You can do that too. All right. Some practical things. Are you ready? If you want to get an accountability partner, get a preacher friend that you knows need this and send him this and go, Hey man, will you be accountability partner? With yeah, let's do it. All right. What's our starting weight? Have a weekly weigh in that you got to be accountable. Okay, man, I'm up three pounds. This is not working. Okay. Um, have an accountability partner that you're good with. Uh, if anybody needs me to be that, you can email me. I'll do that with you. I'm, I'm, by the way, I wait until after the first of the year. So it's not a new year's resolution. Okay. We got those out of the way. Now it's just character. Now it's just discipline. Now it's just focusing on what's right and what's important. So if you want to do that with me, feel free. You can email me the fundamental Baptist podcast at gmail.com and I'll take your numbers and expose it. No, I will not. Okay. But anyway, find a friend, brother, somebody that you can uh, be accountable to and say, Hey, I want to do this thing. Can I be accountable to you and do a weekly uh, weigh in whatever day you want to in the morning before you uh, do anything else and, um, and see that, watch that. Um, and I'm not going to go through health programs. I'm going to give you one that most simple, but there are a lot of things that are working for people. You see people have done keto, 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 um, there, they've done good with that carnivore. They've done good with that. Um, the standard American diet, the stat, the sad diet is um, is a mess. And by the way, I've done the 40-day fast, water fast. Okay, I've done that. I have almost a year. <laughs> I did raw fruits and vegetables, juice and carrots, juice and greens. Uh, man, I sure wasn't fat, but I felt horrible. I never got energy from that. And you may be for that. That's fine. I, uh, and I ate raw fruits, vegetables, juice, and all that and had no energy at all. And, um, and so you feel like you have to have that. You know, try different things. See what works for you. This is a very simple one, but it's uh, very easy. It's healthy. It's good. Eat five meals a day. You're never hungry. Okay, eat five meals a day. You're never hungry. Every three hours, every three hours you eat, but keep it to 300 calories. Keep it at 300 calories. I can go through all the signs. I'm not going to. I'm just going to give you the plan. I promise you it'll work. You'll love it. You'll feel good. Eat five times a day every three hours. Set your alarm. By the way, usually it's like, I'm sort of, oh, it's time to eat again. <laughs> oh, I could be hungry. Oh, yeah, it's time to eat again. Every three hours, five meals a day five meals a day. Okay. Keep them 300 calories, 300 calories, not super low, not higher than that. 300 calories. Okay. Uh, mostly protein, mostly protein, protein and a car, protein and a vegetable protein and something. Okay. 10 bottles of water a day. Need the fluid, need the water, need the, uh, the water. Uh, our body is three quarters water it's supposed to be, um, uh, about three quarters water. Okay. 66% water. We need that. Flushes out the toxins, helps us be healthy, helps our body to work, makes us feel full. Okay. Uh, you drink a couple glasses of uh, bottles of water and eat 300 calories, you feel like you just stayed at a big smorgasbord. You feel great. Go on. Um, and then walk one hour a day in fat burning zone. That's it. Walk one hour a day in fat burning zone. On a treadmill, in a park, wherever you want to. Fat burning zone is this. The simple part of it is you can, you can still talk but not sing. So if you try, if you're walking really fast, you're breathing hard, you're trying to sing Amazing Grace, you can't because you can't get enough air. So you still have enough air to talk, but you don't have enough air to sing. Now, if you're not, if you can sing, then you're not doing enough. You got to bump that up. Okay. So the fat burning zone is important because if not, you're going to burn muscle. You look at uh, uh, marathon runners, it's not natural to run 26 miles and their body is eating their muscle. And that's why they look like that. They're not healthy. And many of them die with heart attacks because the heart is a muscle and they're eating that. Okay. That's not good. You want to be in fat burning zone, um, which, which is, again, I'm not going to do the science, but the simplicity of it is you can still talk 
but you can't sing. Okay. Um, and so if you can sing, you need to bump it up. If you can't talk while you're doing this, then you need to slow it down. That's fat burning zone and give up two things, no sugar, no white flour. Give up two things, no sugar, no white flour. By the way, once you get to the weight where you want to be, then you can add those things back into your life, add some muscle to it, and it will burn that fat, and it'll burn the sugar, and it'll burn the white flour. But do a 90-day. Do three months and do this and see where you are. Am I at my goal? Where do I be? Nope, I'm feeling good. I got energy. By the way, your metabolism will, will ramp up. Eating five meals a day at 300 calories, your metabolism will ramp up. You will burn fat. You will feel good. You will have energy. You'll have a clear mind. You'll be able to get more done than you've ever gotten done before, and you will feel good about it, okay? Uh, I encourage you to get a bio-impedance scale. Uh, a bio-impedance scale, you can get them on Amazon. They're not, um, uh, they're not that much, but a bio-impedance scale, because it will measure um, there your fat. It'll measure your um, uh, muscle. It'll measure your hydration, okay? Those things are a really big deal. Hydration is gigantic. Most people are dehydrated all the time. And so, um, and so no sugar, no white flour, get a bioimpedance scale or 20, 30 bucks on Amazon, and it will measure then your, your fat. It, weight really doesn't matter. I could care less if I was 200, 250 pounds with muscle. It wouldn't bother me a bit. And we don't care about, guys don't care about the, what the scale says. We care about our waistline and how you feel and how you look. Um, are you healthy? And so uh, you can uh, do it on that. You can use a regular scale. But what happens is after a while, then you won't be losing weight and you're going to look on the scale and think, I'm not getting anything out of this, okay? But what you're doing is you're gaining hydration and you're gaining muscle, but um, and you're losing fat, but the scale doesn't show it because you're gaining hydration and you're gaining muscle. And muscle and, um, and uh, hydration weigh a lot. So people look at the scale and think, oh, I'm not doing any good. No, you are. You're losing fat. So a bioimpedance scale will help that. When you get to the place where uh, your weight stays the same, um, by the way, this, this guy that I went through his program, uh, I met him uh, in one of the first three meetings, and he said, uh, he said uh, yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I said, I'm a, told him I was a pastor. And he said, oh, we're looking to hire a pastor to work for us. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, this is a business disguised as, this is a ministry disguised as a business. I use this to win people to Christ all the time. I said, what? Are you kidding? He said, no. He got saved at Les Hobbins Church as a teenager on his bus route, okay? And uh, and then he was a banker, and then he got into health and wellness. And, and he said, the two things people don't want to share with you, their bank account and their scale. If they'll show you their bank account or scale, uh, they'll talk to you about anything. He said, I use this to win people to Christ all the time. And so I ended up working for him for a few years when we restarted our church and, uh, and ended up being a real big help. So I've taught and coached a lot in this. You want to try this program, I promise you, it will do amazing things for you. Energy, metabolism, feel better, live a long time, be healthy. Some of the carnivore things and some of the keto things, some of them scare me because some of those proteins can mess up your kidneys. I'm not promoting that. I know a lot of people have had good success. I'm not downing you. And if it works for you, that's great. But but I know this thing works. We'll give you great energy, lose the fat, feel good, um, and be around a long time and have better influence and be there for your kids and your grandchildren. Um, they say with any big thing that you change, if someone wants to quit smoking, your why has to be bigger than the pleasure you get from it, okay? And so um, so you gotta have a big why, okay? So if you don't have a big why enough yet, let me, let me give you one. Are you ready? So um, here's one. If you die, what's your wife gonna do? Financially, is she gonna be able to make it? Um, is she gonna remarry somebody else?
is somebody else going to be with your wife and to take care of your wife because you didn't take care of yourself and now you're not around to take care of her? I'm sorry, that's a big deal to me. That's a big why. I don't want that to happen. I want to be here so I can, my wife and I can grow old together and have our kids and grandkids and all of that life together. Um, but it's a big deal. If Maybe that's not your why, but make a list. If you're going to do this, make a list of 10, big, 15, 20 important whys. Use that to motivate you when you're tempted and decide, hey, I'm not going to be a fat preacher. I'm going to lose that. Now, you may be upset. You didn't like the title. But if you do this and you need it, one day, you don't have to tell me. I don't care. But one day you're going to say, thank you, Brother Baker. I needed that. I needed that. I needed to work on myself. Called temple maintenance. Okay? We are the body of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Should you spend some time to maintain your temple? Hello? Nothing wrong with that, okay? And um, I don't know what the definition of a glutton is. How much do you eat? My kids say, when you go, Ooh, wow. And then you keep eating. They say that's a glutton. <laughs> that's when you know you're in gluttony. Uh, when you know you're full and you keep eating after that. I don't know what it is, but I know that person that's heavy. Okay? The Bible talks about it. It's not a good thing. He could not restrain himself. He was a man given to appetite. He should have put a knife to his throat. He should have decided, I'm not going to be this way. The influence he lost with his children and with other people because he was a heavy man really is a big deal. Okay? So let's take care of that. Amen? Okay, am I in trouble? <laughs> Brother Baker, I didn't like you already, and I don't like you now. I'm sorry. But uh, uh, hey, I'm saying it with a smile. Again, I'm not, I'm not picturing anybody except those five guys in that picture. I, I am picturing that. I saw that. It's like, wow, that is just so wide. And um, I asked my wife, hey, when you see this picture, what do you see? Whoa, they're big. Whoa, they're big. And we don't like it, but we are it. None of us wanted to be that, but yet we turned into that. And we don't have to. We can change that. We can fix that. All right. God bless you. Send me your hate uh, email if you want to. But uh, hopefully it's like, okay, thank you. I needed it. God bless you. Have a great one. Oh, by the way, one verse I didn't give you and had it in here at the end. How big a deal is it to be healthy? Third uh, John, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 2. You know the verse. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health as thy soul prospereth. Above all things, that's amazing. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health as thy soul prosper. Your soul is great, man. You preach, you win souls, you help people, you live for God, you do right, amen. Are you in health? Are you in health? Okay, let's take some time to focus on that. He said above all things, that is a big deal. All right, God bless you, take care. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.